I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of the sponsors of our podcast, and that is 503 Sports. 503 Sports is a site very well known for their throwback merchandise for a multitude of leagues, whether it be, for example, the World League of American Football, the World Football League, or in our case, the Arena Football League. I mean, if you're looking for any type of throwback merchandise from those teams that don't exist anymore, whether it be shirts, caps, customizable jerseys that you can get your own name and number, Detroit Drive, San Jose Sabercats, what? They're the place that has them. And just for our listeners of the podcast, they have a special offer just for you. If you use the promo code ARENAFAN, when you check out, you'll get 10% off your very first order. So head over to 503-sports.com, use the promo code ARENAFAN, get 10% off, and you want to thank them for being a sponsor of AFL Tonight. And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with my other hosts who are going to be heading over to the fireworks store very shortly to pick up as much M80s as possible, Ben Stark. Ben Stark. <laughs> ben Stark and John Fretinelli. <laughs> yeah, that's not working there either. And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with my co-host, Ben Fertinale. Oui. <laughs> John Stark. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Happy pre-4th of July, gents. How are you? Oh, can't wait to blow up my dad. Lose a limb. <laughs> It's going to be a great one, folks. Uh, oh, I'm good, but it doesn't help that we've already been laughing for three and a half minutes I before know. we start taking this. Oh, Lord. How funny. was Canada Day, Tim? Canada Day was good. Uh, what the heck is Canada Day? Hmm? What the heck is that? What the heck is it? It's... And why is it preempt Fourth of July so closely? Well, it's like Canadian Thanksgiving. It does the exact same thing. Canadian That's Thanksgiving is Canadian Thanksgiving. It's the second week in October. Well, we'll get into that more later. I have, <laughs> I have a lot of questions, but we, we don't need to take up our no, listeners' no. dear time but with it's, another it's two hours. It's basically the same yes. as the 4th of July. It's when uh, the uh, the provinces at the time that were, uh, uh, I guess, that were in agreement, and they all became a party, you know, and uh, 1867. 1867 is so when— So Canada just happened to—like, those provinces gained independence coincidentally close to the 4th of July? Well, I, I guess so. I mean, what's— yeah, yeah, gained independence. Branding fiasco. Well, there was there was no there was no war in order for for them to become Canadian. So Canadian, pro- if you're not to have a war. Yes, is right. Um, but yeah, you know, it was good. It was good. Didn't do much. You know, it's just a normal to me. It's a, it isn't. A, you know, I'm proud Canadian. Uh, put something on social media, and you know, I didn't go to. I didn't do anything. I didn't, I've, I've been didn't to up your dad. I, I, I no, didn't do that. No. Okay. No, yeah, I didn't go to I didn't go to Ottawa for the uh, for the fireworks. I've done that before though, but didn't do it this year. That's kind of fun actually. Oh, so they do have fireworks? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big thing. They have a huge thing over at Parliament Hill in Ottawa. For those who don't know, Ottawa is the capital of Canada, Ottawa, Ontario. So, um, are, are are you getting ready for your uh, uh, show of all shows, the biggest show ever? Your 
I don't know what the hell to call it that, that's supposed to be happening on the 4th in D.C. John, you'll be the closest to it. Independence Day? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get political on this show, but, you know, <laughs> it's a supposed thing that, you know, the 4th already exists and somebody else is trying to make it all about himself. <clears throat> this is insane. <laughs> Getting political on AFL tonight. <laughs> I, I, I don't know the, the political uh, landscape of the Arena Football League, and I would hate to make any enemies <laughs> by engaging well, that's, in that's what's happening. That, that, verbal warfare. John, you know about that. There's supposed to be this huge... John's a huge Trump guy. Can we just get that out of the way? There's this huge... Wow. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, I've actually never been to D.C. for the 4th of July. It's a complete waste of time. Okay. Um, second of all, but you love your country. Am, just, just get set that straight. You love your country. I'm politically neutral okay. in, in this in this country. Um, this country's fine. I don't love and I don't hate this country. I am neutral to this country as well. <laughs> I need I need two hours of this. You're, you're a Swiss, no, you're, you're no, Switzerland. but absolutely. I mean, no, you're I am Swi- absolutely you're, you're, Switzerland. You're, yeah, you're a U.S. Switzerland citizen. <laughs> I mean, I would if I could be. No, I always have been. People that know me know I'm very much like this. Yeah. Um, I just don't find politics essential to life. No, I know. I mean, I will give my opinion when when people Provoked. don't want to hear it. So <laughs> <laughs> whether I live in that country or not, but you know, I'm not really that political either, but living in God, this is getting too way too political living in Quebec. It's just anyways, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's talk about the politics of arena football. That that's, that's right. And we could do that. You know what? That's, that's a good way to start. And I think that's exactly what we're going to do. So what does the governing body of the Arena Football think about the Baltimore Brigade game this last weekend? Uh, well... <laughs> well, they're not happy about it. No, uh, I, I really, I mean, I really wouldn't be either. I mean, uh... Probably yeah. one of the worst AFL games I've uh, seen in... I don't I can't even think of the last one that was this bad. I thought some of these... Well, did, weren't some of the, the LA Kiss games really, really bad, too? Yeah, the Kiss chunked it a bunch of times, but this was this is kind of a legendary performance. Well, do you have a stat on that, Tim? Uh, uh, on the twelve pointer and how it compares to recent oh, history? Oh, oh, it, it, it's well, twelve point. It's not on the top 20, 20 list that we have because ours start at ten, which has happened many, 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 That's many. That's just a time incredible. Where teams have scored just ten points or less. So, it, it, but it's happened before. It's happened before. Um, but yeah, the game was horrible. <laughs> the game was the game it was you know it's funny it was it was uh, I'm, i have to throw this in because it's part of the part of the story here it, it gives gives uh some reference that was probably one of the days where i hated football the most because i get a day of total football that was just an entire waste from this game and then i get it went on to my my owls played that thursday uh, that friday too it was a total waste I don't think I've ever been so bored with the two leagues that I love the most. So my heart screams for you right now. I can feel the heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. Experienced. And I, I am with you that this game was so bad for so many reasons. Um, 
Let's let's list them. Well, one of them is that <laughs> one of them is that the Columbus Destroyers uh, had an opportunity, which we were talking about last week. Yeah. There were basically two things that could happen to the Destroyers once they were for sure eliminated. It was will they play like they have nothing to lose and uh-huh. just rip it up and uh-huh. toss it around like uh-huh. it doesn't matter, right. or will they just completely rip it, you know, just rip. wheels off, fall apart. <laughs> and unfortunately, like the most extreme version of option B happened, and. It's really bad. Okay, so that's one thing. Two, it's really bad because it's such a a dark moment in an opening season for this team. Yeah. Um, which, you know, th- this is the last thing you want to see happen to any team, let alone an expansion franchise, essentially an expansion franchise uh, that was already struggling. And and option C, which we'll get to, is is its implications for the coaching staff. Yeah. Going forward. I mean, uh, just it, it's really bad when you basically you score one quarter and you have three quarters where you do nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, they were in it at halftime. They basically were in it at halftime. But other than that, then they, they were just you know total garbage from there. Then they chunked it. And for those who don't know, Baltimore won 50 to 12. <laughs> do the math there. You know, the only game worse was the uh, the uh, former Orlando Predators in the NAL scoring zero. Whoa. Zero to 63 or something? Zero to 60. Yeah. But this is rough. Like, this, this is an NAL tonight. Um, yeah. Let's just get to the let's just get to the, let's get to the box score. Grant Russell, 17 to 33, 197, two. And uh, how many interceptions, Ben? That would be a, a quattro. That would be a quattro. That would be four. Uh, Liam, uh, Liam Nadler came in, uh, one of three for seven yards, but that was, I think he was, was coach trying, he was coach trying to quote unquote, teach him a lesson because I don't know because he took him back out. Yeah. Yeah. Then he put, yeah, they put, yeah, they put Russell back in. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, leading. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Fabian Guerra had a, had a touchdown. Uh, Robert Wheelwright had a touchdown leading receiver was Paul Browning for 63 yards. Um, they did not, they did, they had a grand total of, uh, minus two rushing yards. Congratulations. Uh, Baltimore, Shane Boyd, 14 to 22, 152, two and zero. Shane Morris came in. He was only one of one of nine yards, but he also had a touchdown. Joe Hills extended his, uh, league, league streak, consecutive streak to, uh, 102, uh, with two TDs. He also led the team with 62 yards receiving. Uh, Milton Williams also had one, and Brandon Collins had a had a had a rushing touchdown. Shane Boyd actually is listed as having minus twenty yards rushing. Really? <laughs> <laughs> is that an error? I gotta go back and look. I don't know. Was there a gigantic sack? Or or multitudes? Yeah, I, I'll possibly. Go back and check. Um, Columbus led in time of possession. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this game was horrible. Baltimore, I know, man. Baltimore I, had a hundred, a hundred and sixty, a hundred and sixty. Uh, take away there. I have to go back and see if this is true or not. So one hundred and sixty, a hundred. They had one hundred and forty-five total yards. Well, wait, wait. Now, last week I talked about this and said two things were going to happen. Uh-huh. Grant Russell was going to lose his mind because of the brick squad. That did brick happen. Squad. <laughs> that did happen. Number two, I said Joe Powell and Josh Victorian were going to go ham. And look what happened. So I oh, know right, you're saying I, I forgot about those. Yeah, they really it, it then that yeah that shows that the offensive numbers are misleading because yes, 
Absolutely. I Joe Powell had, what, two kick returns for 74 yards and a touchdown, and then uh, Josh Victorian with 40 yards and one touchdown off uh, two interceptions. Off a pick six. Yes. Yes. And, and Joe both, Powell had an interception, too, for 22. And they were, yeah. both, they were both gorgeous. Powell's, that, you got to admit, that was the backbreaker, I think, of the first half. Happened right with 21 seconds left in the second quarter after, after Columbus had pulled within two. That, I think right there, that was the backbreaker. Even though it's, we're talking the fourth, you know, we're talking the second quarter. So, but man, what, what, what about the defense for Baltimore? Hey, guys, I mean, I mean, crazy. I can't yeah. wait to talk about this sock thing. Can we get it's to it? Over, get, oh, we're coming up. It's coming up. Because you were talking about that, that other thing that, that could have ramifications. So uh, if anybody had been watching, well, it's a good segue, actually. Leading it after that touchdown, the Josh Train kick return, they went to halftime. And coming back from the halftime, they did their interviews uh, with uh, Matt Sock. And uh, he had some interesting things to say. And, uh, well, what did he say? If, if anybody happened to miss it, well, take a listen. Goes downstairs to Meredith Gorman with Columbus Destroyers coach Matthew Sock. All right, coach, two more quarters to play. What was the message to the team at halftime? They got to start playing. They got to start showing some heart. The other day, they got to start making plays. The coaches were doing what we need to do. They got to start showing to us that they can play. Thanks. Good luck. Thanks. Guys. So it was an interesting comment. I think you. I think all three of us don't see eye to eye on this, but that's why we want to talk about it. When you have a head coach, and, and we saw we saw how Baltimore's head coach reacted also. He basically said they sucked. They, you know, the offense, <laughs> offense sucked. Which he did. But how, how does what Matt Salk say differ from the other comment, John? Oh, man. <laughs> okay, if not, bang. <laughs> well, I want to talk about sort of the comments. I'm not really sure what you mean by that question. Um, but Well, what well I, I mean, how, how, how does it differ? Because Salk basically was stating his mind, too, just in a different way. I mean, you know what I mean? Coach Smith, well, said, Coach Smith said his, team, his offense sucked. There, look, you can say that the team is performing poorly, and I think that's generally accepted that sideline interviews, you know, halftime interviews, that is a thing that a coach will say. Yeah. But the defining characteristic of this answer was, of course, that he said the coaching staff was doing a great job and the team wasn't. So, or doing their job and the, and the team wasn't. And that's, in my opinion, you know, whether or not it was a slip of the tongue is sort of the cardinal sin of, of interviews. I mean, never throw the team under the bus, uh, sort of while saying that you guys are doing a good job, but the players aren't a good jo- doing a good job. Yeah. And Sock, you know, he came on the message boards and was sort of trying to defend himself. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he said this because, you know, he is a guy that will come on the message boards, which is pretty insane, right. and, and try to, you know, clarify what he was saying. But bottom line is this is just one of those things that it definitely will affect his reputation and uh as much as i like sock and obviously i've been a fan of his for many years dating back to you know 19 20 years ago whatever he's been around the afl um it's it's going to be a, a an unfortunate mark on this season i think and, and at first when it happened i was like all right well that was kind of bad, but no one's probably going to notice this. But it turned out like everybody noticed. I don't really know how everyone caught this, um, but people caught this interview, and it definitely made its rounds. And I was talking to some people before the Soul game, and certainly everybody heard it. 
and was thinking about it. And after a season this bad, it's unfortunate that uh, this mark is going to be on top of everything else. And and we were talking last week, well, or a couple weeks ago, well, could Columbus fire Sock after one season? Right. And the answer we were saying was, well, probably not, because, you know, Coach Coke got over a season and the Valor were possibly even worse or or less or more directionless than the than the destroyers are right. but now that he's said this and now that this sort of dark cloak has been thrown over over the team and his reputation almost i don't know maybe this affects it a lot maybe he could get fired soon ben i think you said a lot of what i wanted to say but didn't know how to say it and i i definitely think that something i learned at apple the corporation when I worked for Apple was that management has everything to do with their employees performance and they're, they're directly responsible for their employees performance. And that constitutes improving their employees performance as well. So to say that the coaching staff is doing their job and to say that the players are not doing their job, does not make any sense to me personally. It it it's just not good. And to go back on what we said last week, uh, and like you just finished up there uh, with the comparison to Coquinos, uh, you know, it would be hard to say now. Maybe if if Coach Sock makes it another season, um, I don't know. I really don't know what else to say. It's it's tough. I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I heard the comment. I listened to it more than once. And I don't know, either I'm not hearing it the exact same way you guys are, or I just completely missed it. Is that, I think you missed it. Because, the, because I, I, the way I understood what he said was, the coaches, I said, yeah, the coaches are doing a good job, but the players aren't playing. They need to start playing. That's how I understood it. And I, and I was trying to go, what, what the hell would was the big uproar just over a comment like that. Well, again, and, and, and some of it, and you may hear in this audio clip, he says it in a way that's not very brash. Um, and, and it sounds okay coming out of his mouth, but it's really just the principle of what he said. Okay. And, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily rant again about it, but it's, it's, it's the bottom line is never say the coaches are doing a great job, but the players aren't. I mean, that, that's just the bottom line. It doesn't matter how you phrase it. That is a thing that nobody should say, to John's point, <laughs> top down any business, nobody should say that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he didn't say it in a way that was, um, uh, you know, overly brash or he wasn't screaming or anything and it sounded almost friendly. But, <laughs> but um, it certainly was, was not good. And, and on the boards, he said, quote, choice of words could have been better. This is a we locker room. If the players fail, we failed as a coaching staff. I want to make that clear. And it could have been just, a, 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 you know, a, a, just a, a lapse of judgment, as basically as he said, because as I said, you had Coach Smith basically come off and say, you know, our offense sucked. But uh, the thing about the difference between Coach Smith and Coach Salk is, A, Smith has a track record of, of – uh, you know, uh, of good relations with players, and he's a very well-respected coach. And Sock was is just coming off a interesting debate with the Donovan Morgan situation, where everyone is sort of yeah. wondering if Sock has lost the locker room, yeah. whether he lost his players, and then to say something like that on top of that was like, oh boy. Well, okay. I, I did not know that he made the clarification like that on the boards. That's yeah. 
Yeah. That's good to hear. I didn't know that. If anybody doesn't know, he's Beans Guy on the Arena Fan message boards. Okay. And, and we, do, you by the way, listen, do you think he listens to the show? I don't know. I, 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 you know what? If he wants to come on the show, by all means, Coach, come on the show. I'd hate to come off like a, like a dick on no, here. No, we're just going <laughs> – but no, I, I, I don't think you are because, as I said, you know, we, we're hearing two things from two, from two different coaches. One – and we're hearing two different things. But as you said – Maybe if you'd done it in such a way that the way that uh, Coach Smith did it, left out the coaches' parts or added the parts saying the players aren't playing, but we as coaches, dot, dot, dot. Maybe if it had, if it had been flipped around and if he started. Yeah, if he had just stopped talking, that would probably would have worked. Over that. And what makes this tougher for me is this is the lowest score by any team in at least the last three years. Because I just went and I looked while we were talking about okay. this. So I, I didn't check 2016, but I mean, that that's what makes this tough because Columbus came to Baltimore earlier in the season and they put up 30 points. Uh-huh. So uh, what gives? How, how did and, and and Baltimore put up 48 in that game? So Baltimore basically had the same performance. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's a yeah, I, I don't know, dude. Yeah, same. I don't know now. The question is, though, and we know we know who the owner is. Who's going to hire and fire? I mean, w- will it be will it be the league, right? Who's going to fire? Who's going to fire him if it comes to that? You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it would be, yeah. But we don't even know if they want to make those types of executive decisions. Mm. Right. I mean, they're installing executives at the teams probably for this reason CEO levels and gm yeah 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 they're not having to do this as a league because i never really liked the idea of the league uh hiring and firing people from personnel wise it just feels weird like at that point it feels like a puppet show but we're, we're at just the right bit of league intervention with teams right now where it's not so bad yeah that's fair i mean what do you what do you guys think i mean we it there's a huge thread over on the message boards uh, head over there and chime in or let us know uh, on social media uh, over either on Facebook or over on our Twitter account at, at slash arena fan. So we're curious to know what you guys think. Uh, the second game of the week, guys, it was uh, a game, I think, a game that was very disappointing, depending on which, <laughs> in my opinion, because this game came with such high... Not necessarily high hopes, or, or uh, it looked to be a great matchup, considering how how much how well these two teams have played each other and how good these games have been. You know, uh, Philly Philly beats the Albany Empire fifty four forty three, and the score is very misleading in my opinion. Um, Philadelphia clinches a playoff spot, so now Albany and Philadelphia are the only two currently who have clinched playoff spots. Uh, John, what? What happened? It, it. I went back and watched. It. I. I joked with my wife because I was only able to. I watched the first half of the game, and then I went to go uh, at the last moment meet a friend of mine who was coming. Uh, had a, a long layover over the airport, and I went to go see him. And I left, and then I saw the Albany went to went to crap after I left and stopped watching the game, thinking, "Oh crap, it's my fault um, that they started, <laughs> that they lost." But. Um, the, the game itself was 21-20 at halftime. Albany gets outscored by four. You know, they don't score in the third. Albany does not ever, until now, not score in a quarter. What the hell happened, John? You know, I, I don't know. I think this just comes down to one of those games where the defense 
for Philadelphia did what I I said they needed to do, and that was really step up. Uh, Dwayne Hollis with ten oh, yeah. uh, unassisted tackles and two pla- pass deflections, and yeah. I mean James Romain didn't have a pick six, but him and Torres each had an interception. Yeah, James James was in, uh, late in the game, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, but it, it was it, he snagged that. Yeah, um, but yeah, it just. Grady looked human. Is that fair to say? Ben? <laughs> well, he, yeah. Well, I think there was some offensive line problems. Um, he was on his butt more than oh, usual. No kidding. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. Uh, yeah. He only got yeah, free, well. He gets sacks for the first time this year, but that was a huge sack. That was a 12, yeah. 12 yard loss that basically put him on a fourth and uh, it was fourth and goal, but it was from the twenty four. Right. So. Yeah. No, there was some there was some offensive line troubles. Um, it really. This is I'm going to talk about Philly just for a second yeah. because um, this game reminded me a lot of the fire that they had in 2017. Um, it was the most this team to me has resembled that championship winning team. Um, you know, for for the last two years, the Soul have not hit a skid. I mean, they've always been pretty good, but the team has, you know, they were ripping through the league. Yeah. I mean, they were absolutely shredding the league for, for uh, two, two plus years. And, you know, new teams were added. Players got jumbled up a little bit and stuff slowed down a little bit. So today, I mean, sorry, this game, you know, being in the locker room pre and post game and, and just hanging out with the guys and stuff, it felt like the energy level was and like their mojo was back and like that's obviously an intangible thing and it's not really an analysis of why they won but it's it's definitely a vibe that i was getting from them and like john said i mean the defense just just stepped up and it was what we were saying it was like yeah how is philly gonna win this game well it might be a shootout that didn't really end up being true Uh, although rodabaugh put up seven on tutties as you say tim Uh, but the defense stepped up and that and that was exactly what needed to happen i mean you know strap city isn't dead they are still very much strong, alive, and well, and Darius Reynolds is now a part of them. And uh, I, I just – I get a very good vibe out of this team. And they still – you know, they were talking post game about getting the number one seed. I don't know how that's going to happen with Albany playing Columbus, but uh, – Tiebreaker. Yeah, right. But um, still, very an interesting game. I, interesting, Tim, that you said it was a disappointing game. I wouldn't necessarily say that it was disappointing unless you – didn't want to see any sort of parody happen in this game. Oh, I mean, no, I want to see. Yeah, no, I, I, I just matter of, I guess this game did have hype in my opinion. I think what really made it disappointing was um, Albany did show up in the first half. You you all think all three of us can agree that was an amazing first half. Yeah. But then, the, yeah. but then the, then the third quarter and right. uh, uh, Philly could do everything right. Albany could do nothing. Uh, and Albany did everything wrong in that quarter, you know, to go scoreless. A team that's been averaging, what, 50, 51 points a game? So, Well, I thought it was also interesting. I mean, in terms of the defense, um, something that was became kind of abundantly obvious was Sims was covered a lot yeah. uh, more blanketly than usual. Mm-hmm. And, and the DBs were doing a really good job of locking him down. In lieu of that, they had to go to Colin Taylor a lot more. And those were more short yardage plays. So what ended up happening was Albany sort of lost... A, uh, like their deep threat. I mean, Malachi is also a deep threat, but Sims is sort of the big man you toss it up to. Yeah. And when that was sort of taken out of play mm-hmm. by uh, Torres Jones, who was covering him uh, in a very great game by him, uh, that that genuinely affected the the offense in a way that has not 
been affected, I would say, all year pretty much, at least the last six weeks where Sims just completely you know, took off. And once you shut down Sims, Malachi becomes harder to target. And from there, you're throwing to Colin Taylor on more out routes and, and, and things like that. And so you're just not gaining chunk yards. So that ended up sort of cutting off their offense in an interesting way. And I'm wondering if anyone's going to try to approach them similarly in the future. I'm wondering if this tape is going to be helpful to future teams. Um, but it certainly, once again, shows that Albany is vulnerable yeah. and that the playoffs, like last year, are still up in the air in terms playoffs of— Playoffs are going to be so much fun. I yeah, got, exactly. They're going to be so fun because you don't know what's going to happen. They're not just going to tear through it. Clearly. I got a question for you guys. What the, There was a very one—there really was one questionable call, that, and it was, on, it was on an Albany fourth down on a pass into the end zone— and uh, I don't remember who who it was, but it, but uh, the uh, the PI was not called. Oh, it was on the. Uh, oh no, it was a was the it Lonnie the, Outlaw touchdown. It was the Lonnie Outlaw touchdown. Yes, yeah, yeah. The yeah the OPI was not called. I yeah, mean, it, was, it was a blatant push off. I mean, it. I've been seeing that all season go both ways. Yeah. It, and it's been happening once or twice a game, and we've even discussed it mm-hmm. on our group chat. Not not this game, but yeah. like other games in the past this season about how oh that should have been a penalty or yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of suspect refereeing this year, and <laughs> that's going to trickle down to <laughs> PI calls. I mean, yeah, that's just going to happen. That's a nice way of putting it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> also, not to go unmentioned, mm-hmm. um, this was something I only caught on the replay, but um, it was really kind of interesting seeing Keith walk up to Clint Ozell after the game. If you have. ESPN three, go check this out because yes. it's it's kind of a funny blink and you miss it moment. But Clint goes up to to Rob Keefe, they shake hands. Clint says something that's clearly just an innocuous thing, like good game or whatever. And then Keefe says something, and Clint does not react to it immediately. He's just like, all right, you know. And then he moves on. And then he looks back, like, what the hell did he just say to me? Yeah, it was like so a, I don't I don't know what it was that he that Keefe said to him. Yeah, it was a what but, the what look because he, he yeah, it was like normal wait, 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 to what? not normal to not necessarily scowl, but like. A, w- yeah, it was a like WTF, shocked. a WTF. Like, he just said that, and yeah. then Darius Prince started like stepping to Coach Keefe and Clint Ozell, and you gotta love Clint Ozell for this. It's really just uh, absolutely sums up his level of character. He just waves it off. Yes, exactly. he just says he just waves his left hand and says, "Eh, forget it." Like who cares? Yeah, because he just does not care about that kind of nonsense. Yeah, but it adds a little bit of uh, a little bit to the fire, which I think is always great. No, it's I saw it too, and I. I I think we joked around. It's like, yeah, hey, yeah, let's uh, let's reach out to Coach to see what he says. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of still might. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, where was he? Uh, so for the Albany Empire, Tommy Grady was 19 of 33, 255, five and two. Mason Esp- Esp- excuse me, Espinoza came in uh, for the last, I guess. What our last drive, three of four, 45 yards and a touchdown. I know we haven't seen much, and I know it wasn't garbage time, but uh, this is the first time that we've been able to see him play. He looked pretty good. He was dialed in. I know it was garbage time. Everyone was completely checked out, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. More than usual. Yeah. Players were like, yeah. yeah. Malachi Jones, 11 receptions, 171 yards, three TDs. Colin Taylor, Quentin Sims, and A.J. Coney also had a touchdown. Um, they had 17 yards rushing. Uh, Radabaugh, um 21 of 32, 231, 7 and 1. Leading receiver was Darius Prince, uh, 91 yards on seven receptions and three TDs. Uh, BJ Bunn is in it again. 
Uh, they've been cooking some stuff in the oven, I tell you. Uh, and Lonnie Outlaw had to do it. Uh, God, also, God damn it. Also with two TDs. Uh, and Adrian Ferns. If you had him in your in your fantasy draft, not me. Uh, you, uh, he also had a touchdown, so that did that did really well. So uh, the game is, you know, as I said fifty four forty three. Them clinching the playoff spot. These, you know, these next three weeks are going to be very interesting. Very interesting. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. What's what's happening? Last game of the week. Uh, Big here. We were talking about this one. Atlantic City, Washington Valor. Atlantic City goes in, and do I dare use the word shocks the Valor with a 70-41 to 41 win, John? No, because I said that they weren't underdogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. Yeah, it's yeah. a trap. Yes. It's a trap game. Yes. Well, we were saying it wasn't even a trap game. No, that's true, Because too. they put up 60 against Albany the week before, that's so like true. there was no reason to expect Atlantic City to... To come in hobbled or anything like that. No, and I thought that Warren Smith was going to be able to go in there and do that. I mean, it was it was crazy. It was an absolutely amazing game uh, all across the board for Atlantic City, who's basically fighting for their playoff lives, which we'll, we'll explain a little bit more. Um, but uh, did anything, John, from what you saw of the game stand out? I mean, besides besides Atlanta City dropping 70? I I watched it on replay. I was at a wedding during the game, but um, nothing stood out in particular other than Atlantic City looking like they could be in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Ben, you, anything? Uh, I was kind of impressed at how many times Atlantic City rushed the ball. I think that's something we want to see when Warren Smith is in the game. You know... He's obviously a mobile threat, but they don't usually use him like that. Yeah. Uh, he's had a couple of QB draws this year, but in this game, you know, Wes Mouia, you know, rushed a few times. The Mark Brown had some interesting goal line uh, rushing plays. Yep. And I think that was that was a great concept. I'm curious now, look, uh, looking back on that Coach James interview, or maybe that was off mic, when he said that he was thinking about – uh, instituting some new plays that, that are old school plays. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm curious if any of those were rushing plays because there were definitely some successful rushing plays in this game that uh, I hadn't seen in a while. So I think that kind of balance obviously helped. And Grant just, again, you know, Grant and Still have been just a great duo recently. And, uh, and I'm curious if Lamarck Brown will get more action this week because, you know, clearly Smith is, is outgunning. Yeah, no, it was it, it was uh they seem to be uh, both Smith and Grant seem to be dialed in. I mean, it's uh, I'm trying to think of anything that that really stood out to me. It's just it, to me it was just the dominance. You know, yeah, they were only up by seven at halftime, but the, the second half, guys, they outscored Washington in the second half, thirty five thirteen. That's just yeah, I, it's just crazy. Um, I mean, I, what was it? Uh, we, so they only scored one. Yeah, right. And one of those was a, a kick return for a touchdown. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Epps yeah. had and that's a great game, too, by the way. I mean, Epps is his 55-yard 50, uh, kickoff return. Uh, Jones had a 56-yard kickoff return. Um, you know, uh, Epps also had a 47-yard pass. But it was, you know, of all the games, I never expected this to be the, the game that I, I love the most this, this week. Uh, Warren Smith, 22 of 28. 209, 5 and 0. Uh, Antoine Grant, Grant. Is Antoine or Antoine, guys? I, I'm not. I think it's, it's Antoine. It is Antoine. It is Antoine. Okay, Antoine yep. Grant uh, had 107 yards, 
and four touchdowns. Uh, Rashad still had uh, 10 receptions, and Lamarck Brown had a receiving touchdown, two rushing touchdowns, along with Warren Smith, who also had two receiving touchdowns. Uh, sorry, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Arvell Nelson, 18 to 27, 248, four and three. That was huge, by the way. If, Ar- if you can get Arvell Nelson, you get at least three, uh, two to three interceptions, you have a great chance of beating this team. Uh, Jared Evans was 0 for 2. Uh, Anthony Parker was 0 for 1 with an interception. That was a, uh, that, that was, was amazing. Oh my god, I oh, forgot about that yeah. play. We got to talk about <laughs> well, that. Yeah, let me finish uh, stats and we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, Jared Dangerfield led the team with uh, uh, 76 yards receiving. He had a touchdown. Josh Reach had a touchdown. Reggie Gray had a touchdown. Desmond Epps had a, had a touchdown, all receiving. And Arvell Nelson also had a uh, had a, a rushing touchdown. And we mentioned those other kickoff returns before, but. Yeah. Um, what was your thought on that play, man? Because I, I honestly thought that that was considered an illegal pass. At first, I thought I it was thought an illegal pass. It was pass. such a good, first of all, such a good job by the refs. Yes. They got it right initially, which which is amazing to me because at first it was a very disorienting play. It looked like it looked like an illegal pass because it looked like a scoop out of the end zone to save a safety. Right. Which usually when that happens, it's not legal because of various things that have happened already in the play. But this just so happened to be behind the line of scrimmage. The ball never went forward because right, it was fumbled. So it became a pass, which was just hilarious. I mean. Him throwing a pick is just. I know. I hope he <laughs> values that pick. <laughs> and it was Dave, Dave Kataya's group, right? Yeah, I mean, they did a great job with that. I can't believe they called it right initially, and then they reviewed it, and it stayed correct. I loved it. I loved it too. Because again, I thought it, at first I thought it was going to be an illegal pass, um, but no. It, as soon as they mentioned that it was a fumble, they went past the line of scrimmage. And replay seems to be doing pretty good this year. Yeah. You know, I, I will admit, it. ever since they started bringing it back. I think on was it on Kataya's first try? Yeah, they had to give him an, an alternate. Or was that the? Yeah, they had a head headset that, malfunction. Was that Baltimore or DC? Because but he did the he did the, the Baltimore yeah, one too. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, the, but the headset failed, and they had yeah. to bring in a backup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but still, great game. I mean, it's <laughs> Atlanta. I said it. We mentioned this last week. Atlantic City had best chance to get into the playoffs, even though there are some other options. They need to win out. So far, so good. Um, and they do have the only game this week, so which we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes. But um, also, can we just give a major shout out yeah. to Randy Hippard? Um, not that this is unexpected because he's a high character guy, but a he's been an incredible uh, like sideline coach. Essentially, yeah. he's yeah. been a co- he's now a coach. Um, he's definitely an assistant offensive coordinator. I think you'd call him now. Yeah. B his just attitude has been so good. I mean, everything he's been posting online. Every everything you know, everything he said to me or just to anyone in general has always just been surprisingly positive. When someone goes down like that, there's basically two versions of that person. Mm-hmm. One of them is completely negative and wants no part in you know anything, and then the other is, well, I'm a leader and this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to continue leading and I'm going to continue being optimistic and positive, and and that's only going to help the team. So. He's been all of those things. And so I really respect Randy Hippard for the way he's handled this whole situation. Oh, I too. Very, very professional. Very professional. And it just shows. I mean, it's, as you said, the, the way that he's been able to handle everything. So um, with, the, uh, with the games this week, um, the standings are as follows. And uh, I'm sure you know, everybody knows, but we just want to at least mention Albany's at the top of the uh, the uh, of the league with an eight and two record. Uh, they have clinched a playoff spot. Philadelphia has also clinched a playoff spot at six and four. Um, I think 
Albany next week will have a chance to still clinch uh, the overall uh, the overall top spot, the number one seed. Uh, it, they kept saying it, and it was so wrong. I had to reach out to the league when this was occurring during the Baltimore game after Atlantic City lost. Uh, because, sorry, uh, because what was it? I'm trying to think. They were kept on saying because Philadelphia, was it Atlantic City? They said be, they were saying because Philly won, Atlantic yes. City was eliminated. Yeah, which was wrong. So I props to the league. I reached out to the league and said, listen, guys, they're saying so much wrong information. They reached, they were able to contact the guys who were, who were doing the team and, and make the correction. Baltimore has not clinched a playoff spot, even though it's six and four. Uh, <laughs> Washington is five and five. Atlantic City four and six. They are still in the hunt. Columbus is has been officially eliminated, and they are playing spoiler. Um, so, the best way to describe this because the league, thank you, league, put out the playoff structure and information uh, this week. Um, it, it has been one hundred percent confirmed. Even though Commissioner Bo said it last week that the Arena Bowl will be on Sunday, the eleventh. Uh, so the tiebreaker goes as follows and this is for two through four seats so it's head-to-head best winning percentage of the games between the two clubs strength of schedule point differential in head-to-head games best net points of all games and then a coin toss so as we said atlantic city's best chance to get into the playoffs is to win out and they would win the they would win the the head-to-head uh versus uh baltimore and they would clinch they also can get in at five and seven but with some help um I think, by the way, guys, the Baltimore-Washington game could not be more of a godsend for Atlantic City in their chances to get into the playoffs. But at 5-7, and seven, they could, and we, one thing we haven't done, they would be tied with Washington uh, in head-to-head. We've not done strength of schedule yet, but if it goes on to the point differential, they would win in point differential just because of what happened last week. So, anything, so we do know that if Atlantic City loses this week, Baltimore clinches the spot. And that their only chance would be with with the DC situation. So, um, don't forget that we are on social media. Uh, we mentioned earlier before you can find us over on Facebook and over on uh, Twitter. That's slash Arena Fan. Don't forget Instagram also it says also at Arena Fan. Also, if you want to listen to the archive of the AFL Tonight broadcast, you can do so in multiple places. You can listen to the last up to the last three shows over on SoundCloud, and then listen to the last fifty shows on google play music apple podcasts spotify uh i like the way you're list- listing these yeah, so belabored no, I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> are you getting exhausted already no it's not that it's, what it's like no we're not on stitcher so i had to remember not on stitcher i want to get on stitcher uh, get us on stitcher all right i'm working on it okay <laughs> um by the way, what, what's your what's your thought on? I know we're going to we're going to talk be talking about Atlantic City, but what's your thought on after explaining just a little bit about the playoff situation? Um, do you both agree that the, really the best way is, for Atlantic City to get in is to win out? That's Don't, always the best way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. But it, it's shocking to me that they can get in a, another way now. Yeah, I <laughs> know it's pretty amazing. I know. <laughs> When everybody I thought, mean, the thing that's not working in their favor is that Washington plays Columbus. So, like, that's – I mean, but the fact that they they play Baltimore – I mean, there's a lot of interesting moments in the schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously winning out is is always always the key. Yeah. So uh, They should have been doing that from the first game. Well <laughs> – That's the key to making the playoffs, win out from week one. Well, you know. Uh, Albany had the right idea. They had they the did. right idea. Yeah, they were thinking right. Yeah. Um, DraftKings. 
DraftKings last week was, uh, I, I, you know, I joked about making a change. Yeah, I made one change. <laughs> I had to make one change, and I, I'm kind of glad I did. Um, but it's still, it was, it was, it was a really, I would call it a low week, guys, eh? For even for the winner, uh, for Rod over at the, the Arena Kings, he, he won, he won again this week. Um, I ended up, where was I? What did I end up in? I ended up, oh, I ended up all the way down at 16th. <laughs> we all chunked it. Well, at one point, I, yeah. Well, Quinn Sims didn't have a great game, so that didn't help. No. No, that didn't. We, uh, we all had him. Yeah, we all had him, so that didn't yeah, help. Yeah, he was my biggest underperformer. Yeah, I, w- I was doing well at one point, too. I was like, oh, I'm doing well. And then, John, you John, think, John, you were always ahead of me there. John, you, I think you had a pretty good week. You had a, I mean, I finished in 10th, yeah. but out of the three of us, I finished in first. Yeah. So Good way I'll to look it. at it. Thanks, John. Yeah. Thank you, John. Thanks for chipping in. Yeah, on actually, that. Uh, our Empire uh, Empire um, um, uh, beat writer Ryan McCarthy ended up in third. So, yeah. Ryan, ooey, baby. Yeah, yeah, AF Dave ended up in fifth. So. Good old AF Dave. Anyways, I mean, it is what it is. I thought I was going to do better than I did, and nope, I didn't. <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> Looking at what do we make at this? Sorry, this is completely off topic. What do we make of Fabian Guerra's season at this point? Like he he broke out um, and is obviously extremely talented, but has been you know hamstrung by the team he's on. Do we think? Do you think we look back at his season in a in the way that we look back on Malachi Jones' season last year, or are we now a little bit less uh, flowery about it because it hasn't been as statistically insane. No, though, still great. But if we go back and, and, and you know, when we get to that point where we're going to say who our our year end awards are, does anybody else beat him out for rookie of the year? Right. And, and I don't. I don't know that 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 anyone yeah, does. I, but I don't think they do. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think everybody goes through. Even Joe Hills. Remember, he was going through his one. He was going through his, his single touchdown games. Right. So, and I think it it pissed him off. I think he mentioned it on one of the broadcasts. Like everybody's not, you know, everybody isn't thinking I'm good as I was. Da, 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 and look what he's done. So maybe you know. But yeah, hopefully, Garrett is still the guy. Yeah. With everybody sure. that's gotten hurt in Columbus and that is now not on, you know, that is currently on IR, he's still the guy. I wonder if he's itching to get out of there. Uh, I hate to speculate on such things. Sure. So, so anyway, DraftKings. Yes, it makes a very interesting. I I'm wondering how many of our our rosters are going to be identical this week. <laughs> um, considering that there's only one game, it is the Atlantic City Philadelphia game, um, and it you can still move some stuff around to try to get a lot of players on there to determine who you want. But uh, it's I, I I think most of our teams are going to be almost identical. But anyways, John, who did you put as your uh, as your captain? Lamarck Brown. Okay, didn't didn't do that. <laughs> ben. Uh, Danny Southwick. I mean, uh, Randy Hippard. <laughs> I mean, not Randy Hippard. Uh, Darius Prince. Ah. Actually, Why is Randy Hippard valued at ten thousand dollars right now? That I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> That's a very good question. I actually put I actually put Dan Radabaugh as my captain. Radabaugh. Radabaugh. Because uh, I could this week. Because I could. Um, yeah, Hipp- I don't know why Hippard hasn't gone down. Um, Ben, what was the rest of your team? I have Dan Roudabow, uh, Antoine Grant, Lamarck Brown, BJ Bun in the oven, and still. Okay. Almost identical. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not going to be much deviation here. John? 
I've got. I got. I got. I got. I got (laughs) Warren Smith, Dan Rodabaugh, and Twain Grant, Lonnie Outlaw, and Rashad Still. There are the differences. Okay. So I I said I Dan Rodabaugh is my captain. Warren Smith, I'm Twain Grant, Lamarck Brown, BJ Bunn, and Adrian Ferns. Oh. Yeah, I probably should get Warren Smith. I don't know what I'm doing. When I first started this, I wasn't. (laughs) Well, I first started this, I wasn't thinking, oh, it's one game, and then I realized it, so I hadn't put Warren Smith on my team. But you guys both have him, right? Yeah. But you're you're allowed to make changes. Yeah. I have. Hasn't worked out for me very well. (laughs) Gotta change my captain. That's it. Yeah. All I gotta do. Yeah. So this this is this will be an interesting week. I say it's really whoever we placed in that spot. We'll determine who's going to win. I, I really think the it'll be up to the captains. Yeah, that that that'll determine who gets what. So, um, wanted to mention before we get for the games of the week. It was mentioned by in a release game of the week. Yeah, sorry, a game of the week. That's right. That Commissioner Bo um, isn't general counsel anymore for MSE. Uh, they announced a a new general counsel, and they mentioned that Randall Bo is going to be doing. Uh, Take, you know, taking the commissionership as his main job. Um, what's, what's your thought on that, guys? I mean, I, I, it wasn't really a surprise. I, uh, you know, I was just thought, okay, well, maybe he would do two at once. But I think, to me, hearing that he is um, just going to be the commissioner kind of makes me think that he's involved in some other stuff that obviously that we don't know about. But it, it needs more of his attention than rather just being general counsel for MSE. Right. I mean, I came out of the gate being very, I think we're all obviously know this is positive, but I was like, wow, this is freaking great. You know, a lot of people were actually nervous after his interview last week because (laughs) he said the league was looking for investors and the AFL is not a profitable business. So probably for good reason, people were like, well, what the heck? They're not going to get investors. No one's going to want to invest in this. But some people think they already have investors, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, Obviously, Bo is at the forefront of that process of recruiting, um, you know, venture capital and and things like that. And um, I think overall, it's so positive because, you know, we're in this world where the entire organization, the entire existence of the AFL is predicated on monumental sports and Ted Leonsis. So for them to install a senior executive as the commissioner and remove him from his regular role within that organization, an important role within that organization, that means they believe that some positive aspects, you know, some positive things will come out of that. And a response to that immediately was, well, yeah, but Bo is clearly has a position to fall back on an MSC if the AFL folds or something happens. But at the same time, it's still a super positive thing that Ted takes his guy, his guy has been with him forever and puts him in this solo position um, I think that's that's a huge positive for the AFL. Yeah, I I, I had no no issues with it at all. I mean, John, when you heard that, I mean, to you was it? Oh well, oh they're just making this official type of thing, or because I don't know if, you, if Commissioner had mentioned it to you or not in your in your talks that you may have had with them at, at during the game when you're when you're uh, shooting the game. But um, was it something that you kind of you were like, yeah, okay, this is something I I I basically assumed, or was it something else? Well, I mean, yes, that's something I basically assume, but that's, you know, almost arrogant to say because of what what the three of us do and what we know. So I think it was very good for 
them to make it official with an announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it solidifies the importance of his role and lets people know that he's doing it full time and they're very serious about about his position and they're very serious about the league as well. Right. Yeah. So I, I thought it was a good thing. It, it's uh, again, as, as both you said, I mean, it shows that he's dedicated to that job only. He is going to be concentrating on that thing 100%. And, you know, for, forever allow how long he is commissioner. So um, was there anything else I wanted to mention before we get to the news wise? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. So the game this week, for the first time ever, first time ever, guys, all three of us are going to be in Atlantic City together. Wow. Wow. Burning all our income on the slots. Yeah. Losing it all. Sitting out on the beach. Losing it all. Yes. So Coming in with my cast because I blew my arm off with fireworks. It's going to be great. <laughs> Gosh, you guys have some crazy aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> I already, had, I already had one uh, had a firecracker blow off my hand as a kid. Really? Yeah, seriously. So that explains quite a bit. I, okay. I tell you, it also explains why I have partial hearing in one ear. <laughs> and why you like Big Bang Theory? Oh, dear Lord! <laughs> Big Bang, and also because of what I think of that show. Oh man. <gasps> um. That was all. That was spicy. Yep. So we'll be there. Nothing set up officially like we had in Columbus, um, just because it, travel is going to be a little weird for for all of us. I think. Um, I know my travel seven and a half hours just to get there, but I'll get there in time to do pregame and whatnot. Uh, hope to see some of you reach out to me, uh, or reach out to the other guys too, because you know uh, Ben will be there doing his thing thing for uh, for fifty yard, and John will be there shooting his thing for uh, uh, for uh, for the blackjacks. Um, but yeah. It'll be fun. Fun, guys. Um, yeah, I'm, I know. This is just, I'm losing it. No, you're not losing it. I'm excited. Okay. I mean, we haven't, what, well, we haven't been together since, since Columbus. Columbus. So it's been, it's been nearly two months. I almost said three months. It's been nearly <laughs> two months. It's been like seven weeks. So, yeah, uh, we need to do this thing. I love you, John. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> love you when I'm in love with you. Yes. <laughs> Uh, should be good fine leads to the, after the playoffs because that's probably going to be the next time we'll meet up with each other is during the playoffs and then arena bowl, so um so huge ramifications for this game atlantic city is going to be hosting philadelphia um as we mentioned before if if atlantic city does happen to lose this game uh baltimore should will clinch a playoff spot even though they're on a bye and uh they'll take another way but from what I'm hearing from Coach James, that's not the case. Uh, they don't intend on losing. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, they don't intend on. They want to keep. It's an interesting game. take. Yeah, well, I tell you, <laughs> enough, enough so, enough so. From what I am hearing, that as you know, guys, that Philadelphia has won their last three games in their new phenomenally white white jerseys. That Atlantic City plans to go all white, all white uniforms. It's try, a power move. To try to change things up. I mean, who says coaches are superstitious? <laughs> who says? <laughs> Solely the all-time, all-time series 2-0. Last time they played was on June 16th. Uh, it wasn't a very good game. That was the game, I think, that where, uh, where uh, Hip, Hip Beard got hurt. But it also was the beginning of a, a great run so far by, by Warren Smith. Um, and they're home for the first time in a month. That's crazy. 
That's crazy. What? Uh, how do you? Uh, what? What? What do you foresee happening? Or what do you think is going to happen in this game, Ben? Well, I think to a degree, the soul basically achieved what they had to. I mean, I know that they can be, be the first seed, um, but they sort of got over the hump and they clinched their spot. And and in my opinion, the first seed is not really a possibility because Albany's playing Columbus. So I, I wonder if there will be a slight foot off the gas pedal moment for them mm-hmm. or if they'll rise to the occasion because you know the question really is just whether Atlantic City can keep this going yes and and that's really just a big what if I mean nobody knows and you can't really say with any certainty this is what this is arena football you know these things go hot and cold really quickly so I think the key to this game is obviously just Atlantic City remaining hot and Philly remaining fired up because I think last week was the peak of their season uh, so, you know, does that mean they come out as fiery as ever or does it mean they're sort of like, well, we did it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll, we'll just have to find out. John, I think that's a really, really good take. It's, it's hard to follow up, but I will say that, uh, if it, if Atlantic city just keeps it up, I mean, they played like the best game of the season out of any team. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as long as they don't take their foot off the gas and they just repeat performance, repeat performance, they could be going to the Arena Bowl. Yeah, they could be winning this game. And Let me not get ahead of myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, like I've said, I'm just excited for an expansion team to potentially make the playoffs. I think it would be great for the league as a whole and Absolutely. as a product. I agree. I agree. I, I really think the, the big thing is Warren Smith. Does he stay hot? Um, you know, what does Philadelphia try to do uh, differently that they did in the last two wins? I mean, yes, they got they got both of the wins, but this is really going to be the first time that they, they have faced Warren Smith as a starter uh, being on Atlantic City. So it, it's, it's interesting to see. And listen to this one. This one surprised the living hell out of me. As we are taping here on Wednesday, five dimes, gents currently has atlantic city as a one point favorite wow that i did not expect i mean i guess they woke up i mean last week you know yeah, what, what, what was valor two td favorite oh, or something yeah it was like 10 points 13 yeah, points it was something stupid yeah it was at least 9.5 so this is a you know i think a solid reactionary uh actually paying attention kind of uh line so mm-hmm. i think that's good one point that's crazy and it's home I hope they get a good home crowd. That's what I'm hoping for because it is. It's just now. I've been. I've asked a few friends, all of my Canadian friends, but I'm not sure if this is the case because we were we're kind of mulling this over. Is this technically a Fourth of July week long weekend? Yes. Yes. It is. This is part of that weekend. That's why I'm like a little bit nervous about going to Atlantic City this weekend. (laughs) Like, is it just going to be absolutely crazy there? Oh well, probably one of the craziest weekends of the year for Atlantic City. Well, the. The one thing we can be thankful of is the well, the ability to park at the arena yes. in, in the arena garage. Yes, I agree yes. with you on that one. I agree with you on that one. Uh, also, I know it is a crazy weekend, but then again, I'm noticing this seems to be normal. The prices for the hotels for this weekend are absolutely stupid, <laughs> especially if you want to stay in Atlantic City. So Yeah, they're insane. That's why we're staying in uh, friggin' Mount Laurel. Yeah, so I mean, I, I wanted to. At the, I felt it would be easier if, if I wanted, to, you know, to. So I'm staying at the convention center. So even though we're paying a little bit more, uh, we're not paying as much as we are. We're, we're not on the we're not on the beach, but that doesn't matter. You know what, guys? 
Let's take this game outside. Let's play on the beach. That would be awesome. You know, I would love to see that again. That was a really oh fun God. experiment. What do you guys think of this? Whoa, okay. I like this energy. Oh, goodness. Here we okay, go. Okay, okay. Let, let's, let's say, okay, um, the game, the Arena Bowl is hosted somewhere near Atlantic City because we don't know. It's tough that Atlantic City would host. Having like, uh, before the Arena Bowl, having like a, uh, a game on the beach. Like for fans? Well, no, no. For the for players, it's sort of like an all star game type of thing, home run derby type of thing. They like like they have an MLB, eight on eight, whatever it is, just on the beach. Yeah, I think actually we're getting closer to the a time when the AFL might do that kind of thing again. It wouldn't be this year. No, no, I don't think it would be yet. But in the future, I could see that happening. I think yeah, we are progressing. That would be cool. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, what are your plans for the fourth, guys? Blow up my dad, John. John, he's he's, he's he's sticking with that story. I know, I man. On that, wow. Sparklers don't count. What are you? Gonna yeah, do? no, it's gonna be a cannon. I'm just gonna shoot a cannon at him. <laughs> oh my god! Um, we're gonna go into Queens and uh, hang out with the friends. Go to a rooftop, watch the uh, you know the Manhattan fireworks. Oh yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. Uh, that was cool. I can I can yeah, say I. Cool. I did, I did that seven years ago. I did that seven years ago, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a it's a tradition, um, and so we got to do it. We got to get blackout, fall off the building, go splat on the ground, and then blow up your dad. Wait, no, then blow up your dad again. In that order. <laughs> God. John, oh my God, John. What about you? Um, it's it's looking like I'm just gonna house hop tomorrow. And blow up your dad. <laughs> he might blow himself up. I I don't know. I might not even have That's to do that. That's an interesting thought. Him. Hadn't thought of that. <laughs> what? That your dad might blow himself up too, Ben? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty high. Sure. <laughs> you get into that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, what? there you go. There you go. It'll be a good time. That's good. It'll that's be good. fun. It doesn't sound quite as entertaining as a rooftop in man, well, in Queens rather, watching the Manhattan fireworks. But yeah. it'll be a good time. Just as wholesome. Yeah, I've already, I've already done mine. So I'm going to spend my fourth in the stadium, in the stadium here in Montreal for our home opener. Just praying that my team doesn't get shellacked. But I can say the one positive thing about this besides a home opener is um, uh, I'm going to be inducted into their Wall of Fame. Wow, that's crazy. For being a for being a season ticket holder for more than twenty one years. That's legit. Yeah. The AFL hasn't done that. Nah. AFL needs to bring back their their Hall of Fame. I for 100% sure. Agree. For yeah. sure. That would be nice. And then after the game, I'm gonna go blow up my dad. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> That's my boy. Do you have any questions, comments, concerns, especially about uh, Ben and, and, this, <laughs> and this PG-13 rating today? And my cannon. Yeah. <laughs> um, send us an email over at tim.capretarenafan.com or at us. There are many places you can do it. Twitter, I'm at Repact, R-E-P-P-A-C-T. Ben, you are at? At Fraternale, at 50R Dash on Instagram, and at Ben Fraternale on Twitter. And John? TheJohnStark.com. And John Stark on Facebook. And my website also has links to my Twitter and Instagram. Nice. And also, if you want to reach out to also at, at ArenaFan on uh, Twitter. Now, before we go, just want to at least mention, we are we have been blessed 
with having some great fans in this uh, campaign that we're trying to do for Giancarlo to bring him over, to have him attend his very first arena football game at Arena Bowl this year. Uh, we were, uh, his campaign was graced with a nice and generous donation from the Arena Football League. Um, it was uh, surprising, but uh, Giancarlo saw it. He is stunned. And I think uh, John, Ben, and myself saw it, and we are nothing but thankful for the league for for uh, support. It's an incredible gesture. Yeah, for supporting this. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, one thing we want to do is we do want to make sure we can try to get a little bit, uh, if you have not, uh, go to our Facebook page. It is, uh, is it still there? Uh, go to our Twitter page. Go to our Twitter page. It is uh, linked at the, t- it is uh, pinned at the top. Yep. If for whatever reason, I know a few people have reached out to us about this. For whatever reason, if you cannot give, do not have a credit card, do not use, uh, you, are, you aren't able to do it through them, through the GoFundMe. Reach out to us on social media or personally. We'll be more than happy to, if you want to, you can do a transfer of money. We will put it in your name. Uh, we're, we're, we think we're, we're very close. We will accept back alley cash, <laughs> cash for gold, and just drugs. I mean, we could probably sell them. Canadian, Maybe tar- even JG Canadian drugs. Canadian, Canadian tire money. 877 cash now. Exactly. <laughs> But we would love to have uh, Giancarlo join us. Um, and also, I cannot help also, but I can't forget that we found out that there was a fan uh, from the Columbus Destroyers who was in a, uh, what seemed to be, from what we're reading, a very severe accident. And was it Dogman who put it on Facebook? They're yeah, trying to I raise money. They're trying to, yeah, yeah. They're, trying, they're trying to raise money uh, for this uh, very good... Uh, you know, getting 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 them some money to to help because it uh, when it comes to the arena football family, we need to try to support as best as possible. Uh, not only with thoughts and prayers and good wishes, but if if necessary, through through a through a, a nice um, through a gift, a monetary gift. So, and rest in peace, Jared Lorenzen as well. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, where I, yeah. they're reaching out? Where where? I mean, only thirty nine. Any any you know any age is too young to go. Any age is too young to go. Um, where did he play in the AF2? I, I didn't look that up before we came on the on the on the show tonight. Uh, Kentucky. Oh, the Horsemen, I think they Horsemen. were. Yes, I think, yes, you're right. I, and then he played in uh, uh, the IFL or something, or a different uh, indoor uh, league. Yeah, it was in another one. It was the Lake Monsters. I remember him. Yes, in, yes, yeah. He had that lizard uniform or on, Lake Monsters, stretched in every direction. I think it was. Yeah, yeah Lake, uh, Lake Monsters is the Vermont baseball team. Uh, but yeah, something like that. But yeah, uh, River Monsters. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah River Monsters. That, that's what it was. So yeah, uh, any age is too young to go. Too young to go. So guys, uh, have a very safe Fourth of July. Keep those uh, M80s out of your hand, Ben. Especially when oh. you're trying to blow up your dad. What happens? Um, and be safe with your trip down Atlantic City. I will be speaking to you guys before that. Um, again, and reach out to us, guys. Email us if you're going to be going to be at the game. Would you love to? Uh, to meet up with you either before or uh, or after the game. So, so for everybody here at AFL Tonight, for John Stark, for Ben Fraternale, I'm Tim Capper. Watch the rebound off the net. Bye-bye.